This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Cat's Paws. Derek, we've wrapped up Mailbag Friday, and now we're going to discuss Kentucky, North Carolina. This is a game, Derek, that we didn't think Kentucky and North Carolina was going to be playing this Saturday, but uh, given the year in 2020, should we be surprised? Uh, no. I mean, anything is scheduling. Yeah, you, you just – kind of roll with the punches this year <laughs> with what they're doing and yeah we thought it might be a UCLA game we thought Johnny Juzang might have a have his chance to have a coming out party against Kentucky but it's not uh it's not going to happen it's going to be North Carolina and a game that we saw what two years ago Sean or three at this we point did. two years we ago did. in Chicago yeah we were both there for that game I think weren't we weren't you there for that game yeah Addie made an appearance at that game she made the trip to Chicago to with yeah, Mita. It, was, it was a fun trip. That's been Chicago's a great city. Think, it is. I th- that's where I'll be for Christmas. I think the 22nd will be two years since that game. And that was honestly a game, Derek, where that Kentucky team built some momentum. Yeah, and they, they carried that momentum. They did. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Is Cleveland going to be the same thing for Kentucky? Because this Kentucky team is in a much worse spot than that Kentucky team was. Yeah, so that Kentucky team, which we talked about last episode, they what they got destroyed by Duke and they lost to Seton Hall. Have they lost any other games, or was that? That's what I was trying to remember. I don't think they had lost another game. I think they entered conference play with two losses. If I'm not but you mistaken. talk about some of the drama that week. I mean, Quade Green left the team, I think, after that Seton yeah. Hall game, and things you know certainly weren't looking great. I guess. I mean, the in the Kentucky basketball world, they maybe didn't look so great, but. I don't know, Sean. I don't. I watched North Carolina play one game this year. It was against Iowa. I didn't see the whole game, but I watched a little bit of it. And um, they lost that game. North Carolina did, but I don't. I don't know a whole lot about them. Like I said in the last episode, I've mostly covered football this week, so I haven't had a chance to dig in. I'm trying to read some things now. Um, I know they got some good bigs. Garrison Brooks is a, is a good player. I think he'll give Kentucky a challenge in the post. And then they had a great recruiting class last year, so they got some young guys who are going to be in there, but they're the 22nd ranked team in the country. I don't even know where, I don't think UCLA was ranked where they, I think they'd fallen out of the top 25. So uh, Vegas has it as a three point favorite for North Carolina. So it sounds like the sports books are expecting a close game. Um, I'll be most curious, Sean, to see if they can ride that second half momentum a week ago, cool. see what they can do coming into this game and see if they can carry that over. couple of things for me. I think that this could be good and it could be bad. It's mm-hmm. bad if you could have beaten UCLA and you lose to North Carolina. But 
it's also a better win if they beat North Carolina, which is honestly what this team needs right now. I think Kentucky has an opportunity, Derek, with this week and then Louisville and then Texas in the non-conference there in late January. That's a that's a good opportunity to get three quality wins on your resume that can kind of cover up some of the bad that's happened. Honestly, Kentucky needs all three if they want to improve their seed uh, to a point to where they can at least be something manageable in the NCAA tournament, not looking at a 10 seed or a 9 seed or an 11 seed or something like that. Now, I, I don't know how I feel about this because you've had a team that was preparing for UCLA for a few days and then they just drop of a hat. They're preparing for North Carolina. Now, North Carolina's doing the same but here's the problem with North Carolina, Derek. They put so much pressure on you on both ends of the floor because they hit you with that secondary break and stuff in transition. Roy Williams and North Carolina, they're, they run the secondary break better than anybody in college basketball. They're bigs rim run. There's, it's going to be a big-time challenge for this young team that if they miss shots, do they have the awareness and the presence to get back defensively and stop that transition? We, we saw that game in Vegas a few years ago. I mean, a hundreds. I mean, that was a high-scoring game. Oh, yeah. North Carolina puts so much pressure on you defensively because it starts the entire 30 seconds of the shot clock. So I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. Matter of fact, I know I haven't shared it. I did not watch that game, Sean. I felt like I was living in a olden time. So that was my senior year of college. I'll be real quick at this story, but it was my senior year of college, and I was on a I was on a cruise to a few countries around there. It was basically my senior gift to myself, I guess. So I did not see the score of that game until the next day. To that point, though, between that game, I, I did go back and watch it eventually, but that game and then the NCAA tournament game, you talk about two great college basketball games that Kentucky and North Carolina played in that same season. I don't know if you could have picked, seriously, two better games. That Kentucky won the first meeting when Monk had 47, and then the tournament game was ended up with some lawsuits for the refs. I mean, it was a crazy game, very good game, but uh, it is typically a really fun time whenever Kentucky and North Carolina get together on the basketball floor. It is, and I, I, I do think it will be a good and a competitive game. I think Kentucky has to come out and fight for their life, Derek. I mean, I, I feel like Kentucky has to treat this like it's an elimination game just because I just don't think that you can – look, if this team goes to 1-5 and five and then they lose to Louisville and they're 1-6, and six, I, I'm sorry. The NIT season was bad. This, this would be the lowest point. Brother, you've you've got to have a winning record to make the NIT. I mean, you might be pushing out even playing postseason basketball at that point. You lose well, those games. I just think that we're we're knocking on the door the lowest point in the Calipari era. I mean, you've got people that are driving down Richmond Road right now, rolling down their windows, yelling at Coach Cal's house. I've seen it on Facebook, and it just and there. You think Cal doesn't know that he's a loss away from one and five? Do you really have to drive down Richmond Road and yell, Cal, you better get it together. You're going to be one and five tomorrow. He knows that. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. that's the reason the dude's sitting there at the table yesterday and looked like he's ready to just fall over. You he's stressed, Derek. Yeah. Speaking of that, what was the deal? Are they going to have players out for injury? I, that was seemed a little odd to me that guys weren't practicing. I don't think it would have been COVID related because I think he would have mentioned that. So it's almost like he would have, and that's concerning because we don't know who that is. Uh, I was trying to pick apart in the photo that Kentucky put up on their Twitter account, but it's so far away that I can't exactly see who's on the floor for the shoot-around or the practice today at the arena. I'm trying to see if I can see it now as we're looking at Well, we know that Clark apparently had a bit of an ankle injury going into Notre Dame, but he seemed to be okay that game. And the way that Cal talked about him yesterday makes me – he didn't sound like a guy who was playing for a game without Terrence Clark. So that's just me speculating just because we knew that he had a bit of an ankle injury for anybody else. I don't think we've heard anything. 
Well, right now I'm, I can see Isaiah Jackson on the floor. I see Olivier Saar. I see Cameron Fletcher, Lance Ware. Uh, Look at this detective Davion, work taking place live right now. Davion Mintz, Devin Askew, B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark. I see everybody. Can we name the whole team up. then? Yeah, Keon Brooks is standing standing there as well in practice gear, but, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to play. All right. Uh, I see everybody out there right now, so I don't know. Maybe it's Dante just Allen. something minor. Uh, Dante Allen is there. He is behind Devin Askew in the corner. Yeah, they're working on uh, guard shooting on one end and post, uh, post-entry post passes and post-work on the other end. Well, I don't know what in the world that was about yesterday then. I don't either. I don't know if just uh, – did some people did they get banged up last week against Notre Dame and miss a few days? I don't know. Could it be swollen legs? It could be a lot of things right now. But hopefully everybody's out there because they need everyone right now. They do need everyone. I mean, that would be a disaster to go into the next game with. You know, you're trying to transition to a guy like Terrence Clark being the point guard. If something happened, he couldn't go. I mean, they can't afford not to have their whole team out there. Basically, is what we're trying to say. They're still trying to figure out how to play this game together, and they've only been together for five games, so every game matters. This is a tough year, and I know he likes doing this, and I typically don't fault him, but it seems like the kind of year where if you could go back, maybe he would have liked to have played a game more than once every week. I know you get that practice time and they need it, but at the same time, man, it's hard to, like, as I was just talking about riding that second half momentum, well, like, by the time that they play, dude, it's going to be a full week later. Like, I don't know that you can really – it's not like a baseball game where maybe you start to play well, hit the ball a little better, and then you can get right back out there the next day. We're talking about it's more or less like football almost. I mean, you've got a week in advance, or a week in between every single game. I think it might be a little tougher to, to kind of keep those positive vibes that happened in the second half. And, Sean, is it funny at all that we're talking about the positive momentum they had in a game where they lost to a bad team still? Is that, that's like kind of the point where we're at, I mean. Like, yeah, they played Derek, better. They still lost to Notre Dame, and I mean, they were still down by 24 points to a bad team. Derek, I'm I'm going to say this for the sake of our job, well, for the sake of this podcast and discussions, we really need Kentucky to win this game tomorrow because if they lose this game, Derek, and they lose the Louisville game, there's going people are checking out. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, they'd be they'd be out. You're saying they one don't like six. us enough to want to tune in anyway just to hear us talk? Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we'd have to give them something that they'd want to listen to. I can't sing. I don't know if you can. No, but better not. But we can come up with something. We can come up with something. We need to start talking about the women's team a lot more regardless. But if they lose tomorrow, it may be a lot more. So yeah. let, let's go off some things here. What are you looking for tomorrow? Even if they lose, Derek, and they're competitive – and it comes down to a possession or two late in the game. Do you start, or do you start to have a little bit more confidence in what they can do? Like, what are you, what are you needing to see tomorrow? Uh, I really think we're moving out of that phase where you're just looking for positive things. Like, they're getting pretty damn close where they need to win. So, I'd like to see the defensive effort be very similar to what it was against Notre Dame for the second half. Uh, that was winning basketball. What they played on that end. And I think, you know, if you can keep doing that, you're going to have a chance to to win every game. I mean, they should be a good – I have my doubts whether they'll ever actually shoot the ball that well or not or score a ton of points, but there's no reason why they can't be very good on defense. So 
North Carolina can get up and down. You mentioned it. They can score a little bit. So it's going to be a challenge. I mean, can they can they play good enough defense to give themselves a shot? And I want to see some better three-point shooting. I mean, can't have any of this stuff where you start 0 for 10. Um, I ain't saying they have to hit 10 threes a game, but, like, you can't go three for 21 and the other team hit nine threes. You're just putting yourself in a horrible hole. Um, continue the positive assist turnover ratio. They finally did that against Notre Dame. That was a positive. Um, take care of the basketball. I mean, do do the things you have to do every game, honestly. I mean, it's not like rocket science. Like, you, you can't turn the ball over 20 times and get outscored by 30 from beyond the three-point line and expect to win basketball games. So, I don't know if it's a simple thing, you know, make some threes. But, yeah, let's hear what you think. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if DJ Boston gets his game figured out, I think this team – I think it changes this team entirely because I yeah. think they've got to yeah. – we know what Sar is going to do. We know that Jackson's going to bring the intensity and the energy on the boards and with his defensive ability of blocking shots at the rim. Isaiah Jackson is never going to be a guy that's going to just go get you 14, 15 points a game, Derek. That's not who he is this year. Like, there's going to be a lot of games where Jackson has four or less in the in the, the points column, but his impact is far greater than that. B.J. Boston has to shoot the ball better. That's just all there is to it. You can't lose. He can't take 14, 15 shots a game and hit four. Like, the, those, if that's what's going to happen, I think we saw Cal talk about it yesterday. He's telling guys that they can't shoot threes now. I'll tell you who I think he's talking to. He's telling Cameron Fletcher, you shoot that thing, I hope it blows up before it gets out of your hand because that's the last thing you want is for him to shoot a three. Same thing with Jacob Toppin. You just you yeah. can't do it. Those those are turnovers. You can't have those two shooting threes. B.J. Boston Gets his shot figured out. Let's say he gets – tomorrow will be the perfect day for him to go for about 22 to 23 and kind of live up to some of that preseason potential that we saw. If they if he does that, Kentucky wins that game tomorrow because I think they've got it figured out with Terrence Clark. Uh, now, is Terrence Clark still going to have probably a few more turnovers than what he should? Probably because he's still figuring out that position, Derek. But, you know, Olivier Saar – I think he's going to do his thing. I think Terrence Clark's going to do his thing. I think Davion Mintz has kind of found his role on this team. Now it becomes let the others, Devin Askew and these guys, kind of find their way through it, but you need B.J. Boston. They're, you know the role he has. It's not about finding it. It's just about doing it. Yeah, it seems like, and I think we would have even said this in the preseason before we ever saw this team play, like all of my predictions were based on Clark and Boston being what they were held as high school recruits. And – seems to me, Sean, like this team's becoming – like it needs to be top-heavy, I guess, so I'm trying to say. Like you're going to have Clark, Boston, and Saar be pretty good, offensively that is, every single night. And maybe some nights if they're not so good, you can get mints. Maybe someone we don't think of can step in and score some points. But you're so right about Boston. I mean, the kid shoots a lot. I think they want him shooting a lot, honestly, because I think he's got a they chance do. to be a pretty good scorer. But – yeah, when you're going four for 15, like, that's rough. Well, I will say this about Boston, too. For a young kid who has certainly had his struggles this year, I think he fights. I mean, you did something to me at Kansas that wasn't very good. But at the same time, he he tries to rebound. He sticks his nose in there. Like, I think there's still a lot to like about him. That's just kind of the weird thing about this team is. He's a kid that cares, Derek. Like, yeah, uh, I think I they all do. I mean. They do. I and I'll, I'll tell you this, too. For all the misses that he had. That final play of the game wasn't for Olivier Saar. That final play of the game was a pin down for B.J. Boston, which tells you what they have and the confidence they have in him. He bobbled the ball, still made the right play, though. He didn't try to force anything. He got it to Olivier Saar. He made the right play. 
I think B.J. Boston's going to be okay, is what I'm trying to say. Like, his numbers and stuff, I, I threw them out there early in the week. They're not good. He's taken far too many threes to be shooting the percentage that he's shooting because that's a lot of shots that should have gone elsewhere right now. But here's the here's the key. He's going to start hitting more of those. I think you saw that in the second half the other day. He did make some nice plays. I think he actually has a good game tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to step up and say that he going he goes for about 18 to 20 tomorrow. That I'm I think it's it's time. He has yeah. to. If he doesn't do it tomorrow, when when can you pinpoint and say he's going to do it? Like tomorrow's the day. He's their leading scorer right now, Derek. Even though he's not shot the ball, he's still their leading scorer on the season. It would be for sure uh, a good time for him to step up and have a big game. Kind of looking for Sar here this game, Sean. It's another. It's a team he's familiar with. Playing them in the ACC, whether that means much or not, I don't know. But I'm just pointing it out. Like after what he did against Notre Dame, do you think there was a? Maybe he already knew this. Maybe we already knew this. But how much of a realization do you think there was that, man, these guys like really, really need me if we're going to do anything this year? Like I've got to be out there helping this team. I think it comes back to the pressure he put on himself after he missed that shot. You know, and the guys had to go over and kind of pick his head up and stuff. Is uh, I think he knows now that they need him. Like that's the one guy that's been through this, Derek. That's on this roster. Davion Mintz, he done it at Creighton, but Olivier Sar knows what it's like to play against North Carolina's not in and not out in the Dukes and the Notre Dame's and those Power Five teams. I just think that that's the guy they need to lean on, and I th- he's going to bring it. I think that he's going to do his thing. The Georgia Tech game was more of an outlier to me. I just feel like that was just such a bad game overall that everyone kind of looked bad that yeah. you can't really pull anything else out of that. The thing that I'm looking at tomorrow is what does this rotation look like? Do you see the the odd lineups with Lance Ware and Jacob Toppin together? I don't think you can do that anymore because you're not you – this is the kind of team that's fragile. A two-minute spurt can bury them, and that's the thing that you can't have happen with this team. You cannot risk running out a lineup that just has dead space all over the floor, that if you throw the ball to, the offense dies. You just can't do that. Right now, Jacob Toppin, Lance Ware, Cameron Fletcher are three of the guys that I just look at that everything dies when the ball goes in their hands offensively. Uh, Jacob Toppin makes more plays than the other two when it comes to, like, with the energy and stuff on the offensive end. I think that's how Jacob Toppin's playing so much right now It's just off his energy and his effort alone. I look for this game to be a seven-man rotation at most. It depends, though, who that seventh man is, but I will throw out this. I do think that Dante Allen makes an appearance tomorrow. Yeah, I would make I, – I could see it. Didn't play any. He's the only guy on scholarship who didn't play against Notre Dame last week. Um, you, you know his responsibility when he gets in there. I mean, he, if he's going to be in there, he needs to shoot that thing. That's, that's what he brings to the team more than anything else, I think, is that outside shooting. Um. Sean, I wanted to run this by you, and this is about the last thing I have to ask you. It seemed like Cal, and even, I mean, you could watch it. It seemed like they, the energy was good, and I know they were down. They were trying to come back, but using the press, they they found some success. You, you talk about playing a team that gets up and down at North Carolina. Is that the kind of – basically what I'm trying to say is, do you, is this the kind of game where they want to get into a running match, or, or how should they try to approach this game? <sighs> That's a good question. I th- I think the key – for me would be I, I do think that you have to press, but I think you have to pick your spots. I, I press off of a made free throw, uh, mix it in off a made basket. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously the key for me will be Kentucky's misses. Does Kentucky get back defensively in transition and, you know, spot guys well enough 
uh, in that area of the game because that's where North Carolina is going to kill you. But here's the other – I think they actually have to press because North Carolina is so good at getting the ball out off your makes and getting up the floor that I wouldn't mind some pre- some token pressure there just to kind of slow down their, their transition attack. I'm, I think that this is a game, but I think you use your press actually to slow them up instead of speed them up, if that makes sense, or slow them down instead of speed them up. Just so you take away – the thing that I'm watching is you've got to take away that quick entry pass. Somebody has to be there to take that away because Carolina's going to get to their guards and go. That's all good things. That's why I ask you these questions because you, uh, you're the basketball guy here. But game's at 2 p.m. still, right? I think it's a 2 p.m. tip. It is. Uh, in Cleveland, it's Ohio. Team's up there. Both teams are up there. Uh, I guess I do have one more question for you. How, how does the – it is a short prep because they did spend this probably the first few days of this week um, planning for UCLA. But at the same time, Sean, they found out on Wednesday, probably before they even practiced on Wednesday, so you still had Wednesday, you had yesterday, and of course they're in Ohio today. But do you th- how, how big of a deal is that? Because I'm just thinking, like, typically in a season you would play on a Saturday, and then you'd have a Tuesday and a Monday maybe before playing a Tuesday. Well, it's the NCAA Monday. tournament. I mean, you don't yeah. know who you're going to play. You don't prep for when you get that first round game. You don't really dive into film as a team on the the team you're going to be playing in the second round. Now your coaching staff, somebody has. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming somebody there in that office. Picked, picked apart film Wednesday, maybe got a heads up to some extent and kind of started getting it figured out. And I'm sure the coaching staff watched it. And then Thursday was probably their first real practice keying in on what exactly North Carolina was doing. Maybe some Wednesday, maybe a film session here or there. But I don't think it's a big deal. It would have been a bigger deal if it had been a switch that was made last night or today. Yeah. But honestly, I think it's a better. I think it's better, Derek, because let's say that Kentucky had gotten just absolutely obliterated by Johnny Juzang, it wouldn't be good. Like the storyline would not be good. So honestly, I use that one-time transfer rule. Try to get him back now. <laughs> junior here, try to him come back. If he but this is a game that I'm. I want to look at though. This is the kind of thing where, hey, you got a blue blood opportunity here. You, this is Kentucky, Carolina. Regardless of whether that you grew up in the state or you grew up in California, you know Kentucky, North Carolina. You know what those two names represent. And if you don't come to play, then you miss an opportunity. And it, honestly, I don't know how many more you deserve. Like you've got to come out ready to play, Derek, in a game like this. Here's the other thing about this: Kentucky's losing some ground in the all-time wins category thing this season. If this if this kind of trajectory is going the wrong way. Uh, there's Kansas and North Carolina on these programs sitting there thinking, okay, let's see how we uh, we come. But no, this is going to be a fun matchup. It's a, it's always a competitive game, regular season, postseason. Uh, Kentucky trails the series, Derek. They do, kind of significantly too. They're down like what eight games, I think. I, I would consider that yeah. pretty significant. I mean, twenty-four to sixteen, 16 I think. Twenty-four, I think. Yeah, for for Kentucky basketball, it's very significant to. Have, I don't know how many teams they even have a losing record too when they've played that many teams. They played 40. What'd you say it was? 24 and 16, so 40 games. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean North Carolina, even in the Cal era, I mean they've had some big wins. Beat, beat North Carolina back in John Wall's first year. That was like the we could have done a whole podcast episode kind of just talking about Kentucky North Carolina in the Cal era. I mean that was like the first welcome back it seemed like of relevancy for Kentucky basketball the day that they beat North Carolina in Rupp Arena. I mean that was a game I still remember very very well. Was, Great first half, and then they held on. And then, of course, Anthony Davis blocking the shot. You see that on the highlight tape before the game at Rupp. I mean, it was a 
yeah. kind of yeah. an iconic moment for him uh, starting off his career. Both, both teams have had their moments in this series. You know, North Carolina, obviously, the Luke May shot that beat Kentucky. Yep. I mean, that's playing on every clip inside of the uh, North Carolina arena. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's it's one of those things that this is – this has been a more entertaining rivalry than Kentucky Duke or you know things like that. I think this is the one that excites me the most when I watch it. It's more exciting than Kentucky Kansas. Uh, this is the game, Derek, because they've had those postseason battles and stuff in the Calipari era with uh, Kentucky getting back to the Final it, Four, North Carolina getting back to a title. Why, why did these two teams stop playing home and away? Like, the Indiana one gets all kinds of talk, but I feel like we never really hear, which they still play. Maybe that's why, because they do play every other, seems like every other year, kind of, in the Champions Classic. Game, I guess it would have been. This game needs to be played in, in a, on a campus environment. Though. No, no kidding, man. What a great, yeah. I mean, no question about it. They for sure need to be playing this series home and away. I don't know why it went away. I just. And, and the CBS Sports Classic shouldn't have anything to do with it, in my opinion. You just take that year off and play it in there, and then you get it back on the schedule home and away. The last time they did play home and away was the year with Devin Booker and them that they played at Rupp Arena, and that's the last time it was played. Yeah. I'd be in favor uh, the last of, time can, I'd be in favor of this event going away. I, I just don't think the CBS Sports Classic does. Champions well, Classic the, is cool because it starts off the year like this. I mean, you got Ohio State, like I don't know. And then UCLA is kind of a shell of what it used to be a long time ago. I just don't think it's that great of an event right now. Here's the uh, here's the other side of this thing. Kentucky has not been good in this thing <laughs> outside of beating North Carolina. <laughs> they, they drilled they drilled UCLA that one year, but UCLA beat them a few years ago. Ohio State beat them. So they have a – is it a two-game loot? No, they won one. So they've lost two of the last three in this event. No, they've lost three of the last four because they lost in 16-2 to Ohio State. Right? Yeah, they lost, they lost to Ohio State, State, beat North Carolina, uh, lost to Shea and them lost to UCLA. Dude, I do not remember that game. So fifteen, they killed UCLA, which was the opening year. Forty-one to seven, right? They up twenty-four zero. Yeah. And then can you, the can you just refresh year. me what happened? To, oh, it was in New Orleans. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Okay, I, that was the game I couldn't remember. Yeah, I was at <laughs> I was that game. Like, I was like, trying to remember. Sure there's a picture on your Instagram page from that game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in New Orleans. <laughs> that, that was the day I flew back in. That was like a Christmas trip. Was I got home like on Christmas Eve that night? Yeah, I think um, it was on the 23rd, wasn't it? When they played that game. The game like was on the 23rd. Before. Yeah. And then there was the Music City Bowl a few days. I'm just going down memory lane now. But for the life of me, I could not remember that. For what I remember, that was a pretty ugly game. Uh, it was it was horrible. Yeah. So uh, then what? The next year they did beat Carolina. So that was that was in the, so it's two and. Yep. So they've so they've lost Ohio State in 16 with Ulysses and them, and then they lost to UCLA in 17, beat Carolina in 18, then lost Ohio State last year. They've lost three of the last four in this well, series. In this are you event. living out of North Carolina win? In Chicago? Oh, wow. They beat Carolina Both twice. Higgins, my yeah, so so they've actually been good the, against Carolina, them. but not so good against the other teams. Well, I just now forgot the monk year in 17. Yeah. Sorry. How did I forget that one? Probably because it was in Vegas, and it just – for some reason I've just thrown it out there. It was just not even part of this event. Yeah, yeah. Because that game kind of stood alone that day anyhow. So, yeah, they've, so they've won two of the last – they're two and three in the last five two and three. in this event. Yeah. But they've been very good against North Carolina. Beat them both times in this thing. So maybe it's a good thing they're playing Carolina uh, tomorrow. This is a key stretch in the schedule. Dude, I don't know if I can name anybody off that UCLA team that beat them that year. (laughs) I don't know. Because it was like a post-Lonzo ball year and TJ Lee. Holiday was there. 
one of uh, okay, Drew Holiday. Holidays. Was there like an Ali or something too? Maybe that was the other guy. There I was. was thinking of. There was Prince Ali. Maybe is that his oh, name? Oh yeah. I, I, so I guess I do remember because Thomas Walsh I think was still there too. The big, <laughs> big white dude who was down in the post. Uh, man, speaking of like, that was by far the worst arena too. That New Orleans, uh, the Smoothie Center. No, no offense to them, but like the United Center's cool. The Vegas Arena is awesome out there. T-Mobile Arena, and uh, where else is this game? Oh, Cleveland. I'm not been to Cleveland. I'm sure it's a nice arena though. The city, not so much, but Rocket Mortgage Center. <laughs> I mean, no, but Smoothie Center was run down. It seemed like, uh, and it didn't help that like it was around Christmas, so nobody was there really. It was kind of an empty arena, but. I do Plus like New Orleans it, overall, though. It's a cool – I like the city overall. The game was awful, too, that game, year. The like, game was, was awful, awful, and it was just uh, – man, I, for the life of me, though, I could not remember that game until it just dawned on me well, that it was uh, I just New completely Orleans. Forgot, I pretty much just forgot about North Carolina in, seven, in the year with Monk. And Monk scored 47. Uh, it, tomorrow make, – Make it go away. We don't need the CBS Sports Classic. Play home and away instead. You don't need that. I would rather do home and away with these yeah. teams. Uh, they've not, it's, it's wild, though, that they've beaten Carolina twice and they've lost Ohio State twice out of all the teams in this event. That, that's, the, that's the crazy thing. But usually Kentucky, it seems like they've had their best teams when they've played Carolina. So well, I guess we'll see what happens that's tomorrow yeah. in this event. Um, Derek, it, it's one of those things where – we could be in line for another instant classic in this matchup. That that's the thing that this game delivers every almost every single time it's played. From my childhood, I can remember games. My, I was telling somebody this the other day when I was like in second, third, fourth grade. There was one common theme about December: North Carolina, Kentucky played the exact same day that my t- hometown had their Christmas parade, and there was usually snow on the ground. Like that was a one that I literally I re, my childhood December I remember Kentucky Carolina and watching it on tape delay and stuff even after it was watching it live it would I would tape it and then watch it at midnight. Uh, I felt like that was the series. So like whenever I was coming of age watching Kentucky basketball, North Carolina had the better program. So I'm I'm talking into the Tubby era, early Billy G days with Tyler Hansborough where UK just got thumped when they would play. North Carolina. So I think in my mind, that's why North Carolina game of Cal was such a big deal. When they there's some very there. there's some very good games on YouTube from the Tubby days, and I recently watched one Kentucky Carolina. I think it was 2003, maybe 2002. I can't remember. I I'd recommend going back in YouTube tonight if you got some time late. Sit there and just type it in. There were some really good games in Chapel Hill. Back with some of those Kentucky teams. Those uh, those were the games that I remember as a kid. I remember Gerald Fitch one year at Rupp hit a three late that gave Kentucky the win against Carolina. It was on the cover of the Cat's Paws, actually. I had the, the oh, yeah. Cat's Paws cover on my bedroom wall. Uh, I'll never forget. This was this is one of my favorite games. Like I will be excited tomorrow to watch and cover this game from home. I'm not there. I will say this: had I known it was going to be Kentucky Carolina, Derek, I probably would have applied for a credential. <laughs> I think a lot of people might have. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I'm I'm not going either way. I'll be chilling out on the couch uh, watching the game this year. But watching with Fern. Fern will be yeah. Fern will be. You might have seen her running around in the background here on Zoom, but uh, no, Sean. Like like you said, this is a it's a fun rivalry, and if we're being real, I don't know how many 
when these two teams play again, I'm not sure. Like it's really really Williams is getting up there in age. I don't know how many more matchups they've got against Roy. Uh so that's always fun if you want to talk about one of the all time great college basketball coaches and just uh he's a guy who just from NCAA tournaments and things like that have been around a little bit for press conferences and um a legend in this game for sure. So don't take those matchups for granted if you're someone who really cares about the sport because uh, these are fun matchups when it's Cal and Roy and they played some great games, like you said. I do, I do think this game has a little more spice to it now instead of just playing UCLA because I mean, does. you got like the Mick Cronin stuff, like nobody likes him, and then you got the Juzang angle. But um, this is a good rivalry in college basketball. That I'll reiterate one more time: get get those games back in Rupp, get those games back in Chapel Hill because it's good for college basketball, and it's good for both programs, I think. It is. It's very good. Yep. And, and I think that this team needs this, honestly. What better? I mean, if you can get a win against Carolina, uh, a team who played in the Maui Finals and lost to Texas, uh, this is a this is a chance to, to beat a very good team and start to feel better about yourself. But it's also a game where if you don't come ready to play, you'll get buried. And, I actually forgot about that. I forgot they set to play Texas this year. Yeah, and, uh, so that that's where I was getting at, that this is an opportunity, yeah. Derek, that if you get this one, there's three games in your non-conference schedule. If you get them all, you're, starting to, you're, you're kind of starting to feel better about where you stand, as long as you do something normal in SEC play. So they still have opportunities. I think that should be stated, that it's not mm-hmm. – the season's not dead yet, but right now it's on the brink. And Kentucky needs wins, and they need one tomorrow. And so we'll be there to recap it. And everything we'll recap as soon as it's over, Derek, after pressers and after we get some of our work finished. Uh, I guess what we should say is it's going to be a busy weekend. We'll find out the bowl game on Sunday. So we'll be discussing quite a bit this weekend and going into next week. So there's a lot of excitement right now, a lot of things happening. But we'll uh, we'll be here to break it all down, to, down for you this weekend. Kentucky, Carolina, 2 p.m. Eastern time from the CBS Sports Classic in Cleveland. We'll be back to talk about it. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. If you have a family relying on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. That's where Policy Genius comes in. In minutes, Policy Genius could save you 50% or more simply by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. To save on life insurance and get protection for you and your family, head to policygenius.com today.